the sixth day of the month. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Micah 6, verse 8. Again today, we consider how our response of loving for a loving God shapes our lives and propels us forward in faithful action. The most famous words from Micah at first seem to read like a list of three things. Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with God. But it is not so. Justice and mercy cannot be separated, at least as God defines them. Justice without mercy is harshly legalistic, even cruel. Mercy without justice sacrifices fairness on the altar of sentimentality. To the question, is God just or is God kind? The only proper answer is both. Furthermore, humility before God consists of imitating this justice mercy of God. Humility is our response to divine love toward us and our witness to the power God's love can release in others. Therefore, what Micah sets forth is one thing, not three. We would probably be happier with three. Then we could keep our little list and check off each item in turn, but it cannot be. Hence, we are constrained to ask, If I seek justice for myself, can I understand when others extend mercy to those who have hurt me? Can I show mercy myself? If I am merciful to others, can I understand why those who have been hurt think I have no concern for fairness? Since God alone knows in what proportions justice and mercy must be mixed in any given instance— Can I learn that walking humbly with God not only means that I seek to emulate God, it also means I cannot fully do so, since God alone is the righteous judge. How do I, with my noble aspirations, strive to emulate God and yet confront my limitations of understanding and action? How does all of this relate to Christian teaching about forgiving others in love as a loving God has forgiven us? Opening prayer. Grant to me and to all your people, O God, the gift of walking humbly with you. Give us the wisdom to know how best to temper justice with mercy, to buttress mercy with justice, so that your will may be done on earth as in heaven, through Christ our judge and advocate. Amen. Psalm 82. God calls the judges into his courtroom. He puts all the judges in the dock. Enough! You've corrupted justice long enough. You've let the wicked get away with murder. You're here to defend the defenseless, to make sure that underdogs get a fair break. Your job is to stand up for the powerless and prosecute all those who exploit them. Ignorant judges, head-in-the-sand judges, they haven't a clue to what's going on. And now everything's falling apart. The world's coming unglued. I appointed you judges, each one of you, deputies of the high God. But you've betrayed your commission, and now you're stripped of your rank, busted. Oh God, give them what they've got coming. You've got the whole world in your hands. From the book of Exodus, chapter 40, verses 18 through 38. Moses erected the tabernacle and laid its sockets and set up its boards and inserted its bars and erected its pillars. He spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent on top of it, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he took the testimony and put it into the ark and attached the poles of the ark and put the mercy seat on top of the ark. 
He brought the ark into the tabernacle and set up a veil for the screen, and screened off the ark of the testimony, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he put the table in the tent of the meeting on the north side of the tabernacle, outside the veil. He set the arrangement of bread and order on it before the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he placed the lampstand in the tent of meeting, opposite the table, on the side of the tabernacle. He lighted the lamps before the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he placed the gold altar in the tent of meeting in front of the veil, and he burned fragrant incense on it, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he set up the veil for the doorway of the tabernacle. He set the altar of burnt offerings before the doorway of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting, and offered on it the burnt offerings and the meal offerings, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. He placed the laver between the tent of meeting and the altar and put it, the water in it for washing. From it, Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet. When they entered the tent of meeting, and when they approached the altar, they washed, just as the Lord commanded Moses. He erected the court all around the tabernacle and the altar, and hung up the veil for the gateway of the court. Thus Moses finished the work. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting, because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the sons of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out until the day when it was taken up. For throughout all their journeys, the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and there was fire in it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel. From 1 Thessalonians 4 Verses 1 through 12. Finally, then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us instruction as to how you ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk, that you excel still more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that is, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God, and that no man transgress and defraud his brother in the matter because the Lord is the avenger in all these things, just as we also told you before and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification. So he who rejects this is not rejecting man, but the God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Now as to the love of the brethren, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. For indeed you do practice it toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, to excel still more, and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend to your own business and work with your hands, just as we commanded you, so that you will behave properly toward outsiders and not be in any need. From the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 38 through 48. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you, and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. 
You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you are to be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the readings of the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Prayer for Saturday Prepare our hearts, O Lord, to join together with your whole congregation, to praise and serve you, Reveal your presence to all who will gather in adoration and self-offering. To those who cannot for good reason go gladly into your house, give your strength and consolation, that they may know of the concern of their communities of faith. Make us receptive to your word for us, and enable us to know and do your will. Bind your people together in a shared faith, a common witness, and compassionate service to the world, through Jesus our Savior. Amen. A prayer for those who know the sting of discrimination. Tender God, just and compassionate, extend your consolation and strength to all of those bear ridicule, isolation, and even persecution. From those who find fault where there is none, from those who place blame in matters over which the ones they blame have no control, To all who know the sting, give the assurance that you stand near to them, that in your love is their hope and their release from guilt and shame and fear. Grant that we who pray for them may also struggle valiantly to assist them in all ways open to us, to alleviate the causes of their distress, to cry out against discrimination everywhere. Enable us to recall any pain we ourselves have felt because others belittled or rejected us, so that our concern may be genuine. Enable us to recall any pain we have caused others by judging and excluding them, so that our concern may be free from self-righteousness. This we pray in the name of Jesus, who is scorned because he came from Nazareth. Amen. The full version of the Serenity Prayer. God, Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, the wisdom to know the difference, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as he did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life, and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen.